0: I'm gentleman Josh Hill. I'm Aaron Jeffrey. I'm
1: and Jazz, busiest.
0: I'm Mike Malak. I'm Rafi Stack. Tune in to Don't Tap, Don't Tap, Don't Tap, Don't Tap podcast. Don't Tap podcast. podcast. John Jones.
1: Follow me on Twitter.
0: Hey, I'm UFC president Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. To me, the lines are the number one rankings out there.
1: Those guys are the ones who really do their homework, man. man once I like spend the rankings are bullshit. <laughs> I
0: got a really high fight IQ. But this fight, I'm telling you, it's a 3 over coin. I levels to the shit. So many high-level guys. So like the line is crazy. Oh, there we go. Oh, no, we're good. See, he's a pro. Okay, Don't Tap Podcast back again. Uh, we have Billy Briz coming back in again. Not really filling in for Nick because he's pretty much, you know, the, the third person oh. in the, the point. Um, We cashed last week, man. I mean, if, if anybody was... On some of the spots that we were on and, and didn't get foolish and parlay them up too much. Um, you had to make money last week. I mean, even a spot that I wasn't really on, I was more on the home side of things. I mean, I'll let you talk about that beautiful, you guys, MMA locker room, like the whole, the whole team. You guys were just, that was a that was a spot. That was a beautiful spot. And with Holly Home playing that grappling game and sort of fading a little bit. How did I not jump on board with you guys? Like for falling into that. Home, played, last week? Talk, about that talk about the main event last week.
1: Yeah, it was a good week last week, man. Myra Buena Silva did her thing. Um, We hit on some prelim plays, had Alex Munoz. He got the job done against Carl Deaton. Very gritty third round. It could have been a split 1-1. And he went out there in the third round and got the job done. And then we also had Melsic. Uh, That fight was a little bit greasy in the beginning, but uh, Melsic ended up doing the striking. So uh, it seems like the work that we're doing behind the scenes in the film room is uh, paying off.
0: A long-term, if it's greasy, no one will really always remember that. They just remember week by week, what were the numbers, where did they move, how did it land, and, and that was it. So speaking of movement, uh, going into this week, um, man, a little bit of a mess up on the, the Vieira line there. I, I came in at minus 190 just because I thought that there was going to be love coming in on her side, and it's not. And I think maybe I'm seeing something that a lot of other people are not. And I'm looking at takedowns in that fight. So we'll talk about that later on. But now that's sitting at like minus 140, I think you can be had at. So that's like possibly the biggest folly on the early line movement and trying to get lines out there early, which is always the risk. But um, I do have something else that could sort of – I won't be chasing that line, that money line at one, minus one 140, but um, taking a look at it, maybe a prop in there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I'll let you come in with your first line. What is your first spot that you're looking to jump in with?
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about this in the DMs. Uh, I like Chris Duncan here in this spot here. Um, Both of these fighters made their debut in the O2 arena. Now they're scheduled to fight each other. So uh, Duncan should be the hometown fighter, though, fought in the U.K. regional scene. Um, I like this spot here for him. I mean, every undefeated fighter, I feel like, needs a taste of L eventually to get on the other side of uh you know really growing as a fighter and Duncan had no easy path to the UFC i mean you're gonna hear a lot of people talk about his chin but in his defense to in the contender series fight against Borishev he cut weight two different times and had an under a week of preparation to fight in Borishev and then the Charlie Campbell fight I mean, it was the most famous fight that he's known for, but he needed a KO. I mean, after losing the year before, you get you go back on the contender series. So I don't really doubt him too much because when he when he went in that Morales fight after he got through the UFC jitters in that third round, he went four out of seven for takedowns. And uh, that's where I really think he can implement that game plan here against now now Ashmov. Um, while Duncan's powerful and works behind his jab um in the arsenal kicks in his bag he likes a nice uh, little roundhouse kick and low and high uh kicks but the biggest knock on me for Duncan is his lack of speed he's really not that fast but uh since he's moved to American top team though full camp here in American top team he should look really good I think we're gonna get the press uh Chris Duncan and um yeah now on the other side I feel like people are a little bit overrating him after Sam Patterson knockout in the O2 Arena last year. But Sam Patterson was on fraud alert in the Contender Series fight. You saw that one. In the the that one. So I wasn't too surprised with that one. Um, I think Duncan it, it it could go two ways. Duncan can get into a war and knock this dude out, or he can win a U-Name decision and wrestle. Um, he's like Dallas Story, Dustin Poirier. So I'm riding with my man, Chris. Duncan yeah I mean Duncan
0: um was making spending some time down at American top team as he was you know making his way into the UFC and then I think he's been down there for like the past year or spent most of his year um down at ATT and yeah he's been seen with you know Dawson been seen with um Corey he's, he's training down there non-stop so um the wrinkles were shown in his last fight I mean he came in with fight IQ right so I know a lot of people were on him for being chinny, but I mean, what is Chini? Are we looking at it really dissecting what the knockout was? Was it a knockdown? Was it a full KO? Was it uh, putting himself in fire when he shouldn't be putting himself in fire? Because sometimes it's strategy. Some guys just continuously put themselves in bad spots, and that's why they get knocked out. And sure, after a while, I mean, it's going to have its effect. But I just think he showed such a wrinkle of wrestling. I thought it was actually even five takedowns, but I mean I'll take four either way. Four anything over three takedowns in a fight is a commitment to wrestling and actually, you know, committing and actually getting three down um, in that last fight. It just he showed that he's committed to he's, he, everything is showing commitment to change and growth. And I like momentum and I like these things. And, and I've been wanting to cheer for the Scotsman. I've been I've been backing off it because of my Scottish roots. Um, but I, I gotta, I gotta back him in this one. I think it, we got in at mi- minus one twenty initially. I still even like him at the minus one forty. I know that you know presents power and I know it actually does carry late he's got most of his knockouts in rounds two and three but this is against like lower level competition and I think Duncan is now leveled up at, at American top team I, I think there, there really is something about training with that championship pedigree and, and he's been down there long enough I can say it's it's some of it's got to have stuck and it's shown in his last fight so give me Chris Duncan I like the money line that's going to be our money line play of the week between the two of us um let's go Scotland the brave all fucking week let's do it and the other spot on here. Yeah, too, we've are, been rolling. Um, the violent spot, I mean, under two and a half is minus 165. I think if Duncan gets it, he gets it late. But yeah, I know. I know it's sketchy. I'm more just throwing it up to people that are
1: not on the Duncan side of things. But um, I'm with Duncan on this one. I just think he's the play all day. Yeah, the, I mean, the money line spots have been hidden. I mean, we had uh, Brandon Allen since that Brandon Allen card. We've just been rolling through with these money line spots. Um, uh, What's your next spot, though? Because I, I knew I knew that was going to be one of your spots, that, but we've just been hitting it. Yeah, right that was, that was my spot. I mean, I'm actually a little doggy this week, man.
0: Um, I'm going to come in with Andre Feely, um, and it's against okay. a lot of people. I've been going against the grain of a lot of people, but let me explain. Um, Wood is not a power puncher that's going to pressure Feely back. He's a calf kicker that has some solid hands, but has some holes in his striking as well too, although I think the, the striking level, I think he is – does have Feely beat there, but Feely makes it ugly. And Feely is a wrestler, man. Feely's roots—he's gonna try to get in on those hips and take you down. So, like, if you look at Feely against—I mean, um, what do we got here? Let me just pull this up. So we got him against Sadiq Yusuf. This is a great benchmark, right? He takes Sadiq Yusuf down three times, and although he does lose that fight on the scorecards, um, man, he took him down three times. And I don't know, Yusuf—I think what is he? Seventy percent takedown defense, right? So I mean. If he commits to the wrestling, I think he takes down Wood, who's been taken down by, what, Kenny took him down twice, Rosa took him down twice, and Jordan even took him down once. So I just think that if Feely can, you know, mix in some takedowns, get at least two takedowns in this fight, make it ugly, maybe land some of the bigger damaging shots, because he does have some pop in his punches, I just think he can make this greasy as fuck. And if you look at plus 160, and you're going to give me Feely with a wrinkle that I'm pretty sure he's going to be flying out. I'll give confirmation later on, but he was supposed to be in his corner, Mike a in his corner. It's this little side note, but if we're looking at Feely making the right decision at the right time and getting someone in his ear at the right time, I mean, that's an extra little small wrinkle. I'll take, I'll take all day long. I think wrestling to be play a part in this fight. I think, um, you know, I just think that wood has been taken down and he, he's like his path to success. He's going to have to get to Feely's calf right away. He's going to actually have to, you know, Keep him off him and land that calf kick and get some respect, damage him and damage that driving power so Feely can't take him down or bounce him off the cage. Um, so I don't know, man. I like Feely. I think uh, I, anything, you know, south of plus 160, you guys can play it whatever way you want. I like plus 160, and I think it's actually going back up at Pinnacle right now. It's plus 163. Um, so I'm in on that. And I think even the takedown prop, depending on where it is, they may disrespect him a little bit. And if
1: they do, I'm going to be there to say hello to it. So um, I think the, the thing award knocks out Andre Philly, even though I mean, Feely's had some weird moments in the UFC, but um, what about Andre Feely's scorecard? No action.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid way to play that one. I even, the one I'm actually going to look at is probably the spread. That's probably going to be a hammer spot for me, depending on where they align that. Uh, that's just been something that's been hitting all week. I mean, look at Nama and I got to thank you last week on the Nam thing. Cause you sort of posed the question to me, right? You're like, is Nam really an apple pie shitter, more or less? You were trying to see if I if there was anything to snip out there. And sure enough, he almost was, right? Like, that was not – that line was wide for a reason. People were sweating the share of that one. And guess what? He stole the round. right? So, I mean, that spread game uh, works. And I think in this fight, Feely on the spread may be a play as well, too, depending on how that looks. So um we'll take a look at that one. How do you feel about this fight? And what's your
1: – do you have any plays on it, or do you want to move on to your next play? Um, I think it's a fight where I kind of lean towards the Nathaniel Woods side, but from a betting perspective, I think there's more ways to make money on Andre Philly because I think this is a greasy-ass split decision. I, I don't think Nathaniel Woods' power – I mean, his jabs are nice, but I don't think his power is really going to carry up to the next weight class. I mean, I bet Charles Jourdain in the last bout – um, kind of got burned a little bit, but that's the kind of fighter you get out of George Jordan. Uh, I feel like Andre Feely's more of an more old school type of fighter.
0: One more wrinkle. There's actually someone something that he hasn't really faced even at least more recently. I tried to look back. What doesn't face somebody of this size? So yeah. Feely actually has, he's been fighting guys pretty much at the same reach advantage and height, the height as him for a while. And Feely has a five inch reach advantage and uh, I believe a four or five inch height advantage. So, I mean, that can play against you sometimes with the striking. If you're a little bit taller, you get, you get you know, basically tagged up. You can be tagged up pretty easily. Or, I mean, if you can work those, if you can work that reach and make it a little bit greasy, clinch up and try to get this to the ground, I think, he, like I said, I think you gets him down. But that size could potentially play a role. Um,
1: what's your next spot on the card? Yeah, I'm looking at Molly Meatballs here for this fight against uh, Julio Soranko here. Um, I get it. People see the line, and it's a little of a sticker shocker seeing Molly open up at minus 400. I mean, the majority of the fighters are really only fighting with the hopes of really getting a title shot one day. And Aaron Blanchfield kind of destroyed any shot of Molly Meatball ever seeing that title one day. So, uh Molly was riding really high, though, prior to that fight, three-fight winning streak, uh, two performance of the night bonuses. Um, with the performances both in the O2 Arena, where she's at this weekend, co-main event, I mean, Molly, she's got to know now, she's a surprise fighter. I mean, the UFC wants her to have fun, entertaining fights for an English target market. And you could try to make a compelling case about women's MMA favorites and how they bust at this price tag, but... um Story Anko's UFC run is just horrible. She's lost four out of her last five. The Jessica Rose Clark one, I was on that one, but that was kind of very fluky. I mean, she's complete armbar bust, Um, hence why you see the over-under on this fight at 2.5 at minus 140. But I kind of favor Molly here in this spot. I I would line her here as a minus 400, so that line's coming down to like minus 200, and it keeps on going down. I hope the value's there. I'm going to wait a little bit on this one. And i'm gonna get in on molly meeple i mean do you really think the ufc is gonna let uh molly Meepall patty Pimlet moment go away in hopes of building up julia soryenko i mean molly would have to do something beyond drastic to really lose this fight she's a better grappler than these two uh she has to stay away from submissions when she's in top mount but really really where i favor her here is the striking uh, she's not the fastest fighter but she packs a punch for this white class and uh, story rank on our last fight versus Chandler struggled mightily in the striking exchanges. Uh, was able to get taken down to the ground, get ground and pound. And we saw last week, Chelsea Chandler is not good. She's borderline barely UFC level. Oh, my, so you a
0: motherfucker.
1: Just score two, two. Let's go. Uh, I'll keep a close eye though for the interviews. Uh, I want to see, see how Miley's coming out this week. Um, Old Molly Meeple, I would say by unanimous decision, but Molly Meeple co-main event, she might get a knockout here against Julia Um, I like Molly Meeple's a lot. Yeah, I think her pressure is just going to be way too much.
0: Um, and as soon as she touches you, like she just pours it on and she does have that power in her punches. Um, yeah, she does have that the spinning stuff and whatever else, but it's more just the boxing. It's pretty, pretty solid boxing, man. Uh, Definitely a spot for her. I think this is set up for her just to put on a show more or less. It's a show like not a show me spot. It's it's a it's a platform for her to to really make the fans jump up and down and set up that main event. So um, I'm definitely with you on this one. Um, I'm going to come in with a spot that's controversial. But, man, I've been seeing the commitment to get down to that weight. And the man looks like a monster. Um, And if you follow him on Instagram, um, Paul Craig. Is looking like a bad man. He's been training like a a bastard. He's he's cut. Like, conditioning looks, I mean, good at least for what he's been training. He's been training nonstop. He has a coach pretty much breaking down everything for him. Um, He's going to be right on weight without an issue. I don't think there's going to be any problem for him at all. And I get, um, you know, poor decisions in the cage, which is why everybody's like, oh, I'm staying off of this. But this line just keeps moving. He's sitting at plus 200 right now. And I mean, I don't know if you could, I think it was bet online where I found it, but if you want to check right now, but he's sitting at plus 200 right now. And I think that in a, in a guy like Muniz who looked, I don't even know what to describe what he did against Allen. He just stood in front of him at times. Should have tried to take it to the ground a little bit earlier. Uh, I, I just don't know what he was doing. And then even with the, with the striking, he was just getting pieced up. Um, Muniz did not, did not look good at all. Um, yeah to uh, the one thing if you, look at, if you look at the subs i mean muni's probably the better submission guy as far as i think probably the more technical but when craig grout jumps on that neck or jumps on that arm like he could take anybody's and i just think that if that line keeps moving i'm like i'm jumping on this guy who's committed to um going down in the weight class and he i think he pretty much knows the writing is on the wall when you back a guy into a corner like that i mean i'm sort like you're gonna give me value on a guy like that I know he's, he's he's killer bust, but I'm almost willing to take a shot on the on the killer bust at value money, and I think plus two hundred right now is silly. I think it's that's what's actually at, even at DK. So, um,
1: yeah, I which, don't know. But, though I can't be betting Paul Craig fights. That's how you get. I get it. And lose years off of your life. Uh, I probably this would be another one I would probably look at a decision uh, scorecards where you get your money back because I mean I don't really see. How- 100 minis finishing Paul Craig here. If Paul Craig's gonna lose, it's probably gonna be him doing some bullshit and him losing the fight. Um, but I I don't blame me here for taking the dog shot here for Paul Craig. Um, I find my edge in UFC fights by looking at a little bit of the striking. Uh, that's why I feel like I get my edge. My edge is definitely not telling you who the better jujitsu grappler of these two is. So I'm off for this one, man. No, I get it. I get it 100%. I just think
0: uh for me it's just sometimes you, you got to look at a guy who's backed into a corner and you think does he have it in him to finish the fight? And just his commitment to wanting to cut down and if you watch it go on his Instagram, He's, like it's just it's actually his like trainer like a little like floating head explaining what Paul what uh what uh, Craig's doing it, it, it I don't know, I'm just sort of on that side. I think over plus 200 now. I mean, that was there at plus uh, 180 and I'm, I'm there at plus 200. So what is your next spot on the
1: card? Yeah. Next spot on the card, uh, I'm going with a dog here. Um, Jai Herbert, man, this is going to be a greasy ass fight and I'm looking forward to it. Um, this line's is going opposite of my pick here, but, uh, this is going to be Herbert's fourth consecutive fight in London. And I feel like people are underestimating him here in this spot. His last fight, he basically won the fight besides the point deduction that really caused the draw in the fight. He was dominating the tough ass Ludovic Klein, and, uh, I get it. The former Page Warriors champion will have a tough test ahead of him against Siam training out of Kill Cliff FC. And he was marketed to us as a kickboxer, but it was really his wrestling that really got him that win that UFC Paris card last time out. He was able to get takedowns on our uh, fig lat five different times throughout the fight. And uh, that's not really his fighting style, though, but he will shoot him for takedowns. He's more than comfortable striking, though. But um, I'm going with Jai Herbert here, man. He gave Taporia his toughest test, chin-checked him round one, Taporia dropped. I mean, this is Taporia's uh, only time they didn't really look invincible. I mean, that just shows Herbert's sneaky power that he has behind his uh, punches. He's fought at the toughest level of competition. His losses are to Taporia, Renat Moicano, and uh, UFC vet legend Francisco Tornado. And that was his uh debut. But um as this fight goes though, it seems a little bit sketchy, but I'm gonna rock with the hometown guy here. It's gonna be a real sketchy one. Like this is one That's where like this is this is one where uh I'm just gonna have to stick to my gut. I get it, the nine year age difference and all that. Uh what are your opinions about this one?
0: I mean, the one thing that you, Jai Herbert sort of, I've been on the other side of his fights and he sort of surprised me at points with the level of grappling. He has leveled up in his the defensive wrestling, trying to keep it on the feet. And his, his striking on the feet is solid. He just he gets hit sometimes, right? And it doesn't look good in the judges' uh, judges' eyes. That's his, probably one of his biggest problems he does have. Um, but I see the shot there on, on Herbert. But uh, for me... Um, I looked at the fight and I was just like, I felt, I was already feeling greasy. I'm already on dogs and I'm like, that fight is real greasy. Um, so, I mean, even maybe looking at, well, I mean, looking at uh, the spread on that one for yourself too, might be a way to look, play that one too. Like, I'm on feely, probably spread. That's probably going to be one of my biggest plays, depending on where the line is. This can be one of your biggest plays. Um, I know that not everybody gets spread the spread. So, we're trying to hit the dog numbers too. And I mean, Pantoja, we did that as well too. But, um, you know, I think the spread would be a good, good play on that one too.
1: And no doubt, doubt I might take your advice on
0: that. Depending on where the line is, right? Like if anything under minus 160, I think that that he probably he wins around for sure. I yeah. think uh, the grappling's his momentum in his grappling. When someone shows wrinkles, camp by camp, they're getting better and better, even if they don't even win a fight. I, I still you gotta back someone like that at times. There's there's spots to back them in. So not a bad spot at all. And stick to your guns on things, man. Don't especially going on podcasts, you get muddied off some of your picks, don't do it. Stick to your guns unless there's legitimate, you know, something to it. And, and I'm actually, it's sort of a good segue into um, Ketlin Vieira. The line has moved bad for me. So initially, I'm looking at minus 190. I thought it was going to go the other way. I really did. I thought people would be looking at Penny Kianza and think just a kickboxer for the most part, um, who has gotten better in the grappling. And that's sort of what I think people are looking at. But I'll be honest, man, I think that there's going to be a game plan here. I think that Ketlin knows this is sort of a do or die in a situation of momentum for her. She needs to be to stay relevant. This isn't a, you know, a, a, like a calling card for her, but it's she's got to have to to stay relevant in the division. She's got to win this fight and by any means necessary. And I think that takedowns are coming and I think she's going to be able to get those takedowns pretty regularly. I've been I know I'm, I'm always on the takedown props and trying to jump and find that fight where the takedown props are. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss. Um, even last week. I'm glad we didn't make that a play. Um look at Munoz. He didn't really jump on no, those Munoz, Munoz cashed it. it. Munoz cashed it. It was three yeah. takedowns plus one or five. But I'm pretty sure it was by the end though, wasn't it? Like there was a point of sweat. All in all it was all in the third round, but once he yeah, did was, it, was, like, it was a point of sweat. Dumped him on his head. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I felt like
1: they were coming, but I was like, I was still I was like
0: when people sweat. look back at that fight.
1: When people look at back at that fight six months from now, they're just gonna see Five takedowns, the line was at three, so fuck. They're just going to see the right? spike on the head when he spikes them on the head. Uh,
0: but, yeah, so Vieira, the one line I was looking at, man, Gansett has been subbed before, um, and, and I'm looking at Vieira. I think she's going to have to be – she can't fuck around here, and she's not going to be trying to get her down on the fence like she did with Home. who – Home a lot stronger, was able to fight it off and take Vieira down at times. Um, I think she's going to get some takedowns, and I like the sub-value right now. It's plus 550. You, you check the line. I
1: just, I I just, just want to stay off of both of the other two women's fights. Like, I like Molly Meeple, but this fight, the Caitlin Vieira fight against Penny Cads adds a pass, and so is the Bruno Brazil, Shauna. Uh, I forget her name. Bronson? I think that's her name.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think that's how you'd say it. But uh, I actually may even have uh, Ladies and Locks coming on to talk later in the week about that fight because he is a, a sharp take apparently on that one. So we're hopefully going to get him on. But um, you yeah, know, I get you wanted to stay off it. Um it, It's not really me digging necessarily to find more because I mean, I still seem, think there's value now it's at the out line. Out. But I mean, once I'm in that minus one ninety, I can't go in and on minus one forty again. That's just fucking stupid. Makes no sense. It's either if there's no, value, it's still double still, down. Got to double stay down. Off.
1: You so for me, dive. I do
0: like the I like the sub prop, and I think that'll be just for the prop I throw out there, and it'll be a sprinkle. You Gotta double down, man.
1: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you gotta double down. So I'll give you a prime example. I bet Melsic, yeah, I bet Melsick last week, minus 168. We're on the live bet stream, and right before the fight started, the line was at minus 148. Double down, no hesitation. Cash. Like okay. the bet's already in your the bets already in your bending thing. You might as well just throw a little bit more money at it. You don't have to slam it like you did it the first time, but throw a little bit on it. Throw a little quarter, you know, on it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I just don't don't know the that that's those are the things that I'm learning right. In that scenario, jumping in on it early is doesn't make yeah. sense to, to double down on it. Go in on a prop.
1: On a prop, or you can hedge it. You can hedge it. Your three options are: you can hedge it with the other line, you can find yep. a prop. Or you can rebet it again, and you're suggesting the the
0: latter of it all. So we will go with that. What is uh, some of the spots you're looking
1: company, at? Rebet it again, but you do make a compelling case. Watching that main event last week, she's gonna have to do some shit. Yeah, like that. She's. It's not that she's
0: backed in a corner, but I just think that she she knows. Like she's had sort of unremarkable fights and i think that her talent level is is way more uh way, way, way at a higher level than what she's shown in her last couple of fights and maybe that's because of the, like step up in competition right she's fighting like some of the top tier fighters in the women's division for the past 10 years so i mean who knows i just think this is a spot she also has the five rounds she has two five round uh fights under her belt as well too just a couple little wrinkles that i just think that uh, there was value on it i just I projected the line the wrong way, but I think that yeah, if it's, whether it's a double down or even looking at that submission, I do like it. So, what's
1: another spot that you like on the card? All the spots I have on my card are really chalky this week. Um, yeah, I was looking at what Tom do you think Mads- about David Grant and Daniel Marcos? I mean, where do you find what is it violence or is it violence? Uh, it's like, so, uh, first, man, that's gonna, you- gonna be fun to watch first initial thought about that fight looked at the line was like all right maybe davy grant is a dog play then i did the tape for it and i was like fuck no marco's a know. bad man
0: he's a sniper he's a sniper like uh, we were on him initially i know i think you were even on him as well too when he first came out um yeah daniel marco's just a sniper just a scare i was uh
1: one problem. play i was thinking about eyeing up was uh a potential under in the first fight of the night and uh Fialo and uh, Baraz. Baez is on a nice little KO streak, even though he lost his contender series fight against Carlos Hernandez. Um, I definitely think he packs a punch. And you saw Fialo in his last fight, anybody besides Mikhail's tapped, And so um, I could definitely see a finish in that first fight of the night.
0: Okay. So if we're looking at it, the lines that we're, we're mostly on, we look at Chris Duncan right now. I mean, we, we put it out at minus 120, but at the same time, it's right around, what, minus 135, minus 140? no nah, 150 155 oh it's already moving already minus 150, 155 um where's your your cap on that one
1: right around there um i would say i would feel comfortable betting it up to minus 175 honestly okay and then um the kevin vr i mean i'm gonna
0: sort of double down the way that i think i'm gonna look at that sub prop i think plus 550 there's value in it i think that if she gets this to the ground she'd get an arm triangle um and that is where i'm gonna lean towards um I do like you were looking at your Jai Herbert. I mean, I think that's uh, even looking at maybe that that spread.
1: Yeah, find a way to bet that. Uh, I'll find either a money line spread, maybe a decision prop, K, or decision. decision. I got to sit on that one, see how that line plays out. A uh, little bit of due diligence. It's like the Chris Duncan line kind of got away, but in return I got the Molly Meatball line really far down because I was actually thinking about playing that straight when it first opened out, but – Glad I'm waiting on it because I uh, see why people like, uh, sorry their ankle, but I got to roll with the, my girl, Miley Meeple. No, pressure is going to be the,
0: the problem, I think, in that one for sure. Um, I'm on uh, Feely as the dog. I think plus 160 works for me. Anything north of plus 160 works, and I do like the spread. Um, well, I'll see what the spread is, but I think of the value. Of, like, what do you think under minus 160? Well, I don't even know how they're going to do it. Like, how, how they'll lay that out. Do you think it'll be plus three and a half or –
1: uh, yeah, he's the dog, so it'll be probably probably three and a dog. It's going to be plus three and a half at minus like 150 through minus 175, one of those. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the range. Which I'm good at
0: anything south of like minus 160, I think. So, um, but that will likely be a big play. And then we haven't talked about it. Um, we'll quickly, we'll just sort of talk about it. Tom Aspinall against uh, Tybora. Though Tybora's been a guy that sticks around and fights and can push through, I just think that Aspinall probably hasn't beat absolutely everywhere on the ground he's just an explosive a jiu-jitsu practitioner and then also on top of that he just he's he raised his his striking is just everything is just damage so it's the speed the agility um Tabora may last and take it there may be a live value but i highly doubt it i think that aspen all gets it done what's your thoughts on the main event
1: yeah we're weak for me uh two rules you try to stay away from parlays is uh women's MMA and men's heavyweight. And that's the co-main the main event. I mean, both fighters are set up in a perfect spot to get a W. Any uh, parlays
0: that you're leaning towards?
1: Yeah. Tom Aspinall, Molly Meatball. Oh yeah. That's what you're doing. Okay. Um, Molly Meatball and Murzak uh, against uh, Brian Barbarina. And then Chris Duncan straight play. And, uh, figure out the rest of the card with the dry Herbert underdog stuff. And, uh, man, the women's fights are just sketchy. I feel like I'm going to – I should just be cool with the Molly Meatball one. That line came down. It's a gift. I'm going to take it. Unless you're on
0: Big Norm and Big Norm makes people run.
1: Ah, people no, run I, was, I was still on Big Norm. And then something about watching that Megan, Megan Anderson fight threw me off when i was No 10. i get it i get it
0: just another it's another thing that like even when i was going out with Paul Craig it's just the training the intensity and and i know it's just clips and videos and shit and it, it's sometimes it's it's false and it, you don't want to play into it too much but just when you consistently see training and, and someone just leveling up like she came in and i was like she gonna she gonna piss hot cuz she was like she she looked pretty jacked up like but it's just she trains like a motherfucker she doesn't stop so um any other spots you can think of or we good to go for the weekend
1: I think we're good to go for the week. We'll figure out anything out. We'll put it out on the social medias.
0: So Chris Duncan, I'm uh, I'm going against everybody that uh, pretty much in the world and saying Paul Craig is is the value at plus two hundred. Um, and then on top of that, the Ketlin Vieira sub I think at plus one five fifty, and then um, also looking at the Feely spread and Feely dog as well too. So for Billy Briz. For Glaser down, uh, down east and just partying, probably not even coherent at this point. <laughs> There's a very good chance of that. And uh, we, we probably pr- wouldn't be able to pronounce a damn name or word or anything. He's definitely
1: not watching this COC London card way too early.
0: No, hell no. That man will be hungover and sleeping. But anyways, um, for Billy Briz, I'm Cal McGregor. Tune into the Don't Have Podcast.